This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. 6.05 p.m. on a Saturday, 19 of November. And of course, you're listening to the Battle for Malaysia, BFM's GE15 results coverage. I'm Wong Xiaoning and joining me in the studio is Philip C. It's going to be an eventful evening as the votes are counted in Malaysia's 15 general elections. And we'll be bringing you the developments as they unfold. We'll have an array of guests throughout the night to provide updates on the latest tally of seats alongside expert commentary and analysis. We are live streaming from our studio in Kuala Lumpur. You can join in the action on the BFM app, Facebook or YouTube. For the next two hours, you will hear from a quick check-in with Thomas Van, chairperson from Bursi, on whether the polls went according to plan and laws. And then we'll also be checking in with independent business writer P. Gunasegaram, uh, who's going to tell us about messy coalition politics, the economic issues that the new government should resolve, and how equity markets might react on Monday. At 7pm, we will also hear from Shannon Teo, Singapore Straits Times Malaysia Bureau Chief, about his observations of this election, the campaigning, and maybe his predictions on the outcome. Then at 7.30, Trisha Yeo, CEO of Think Tanks and uh, excuse me, Ideas, will also give her views on the importance of reforms and good governance. Throughout the evening, we'll also hear from our very own BFM news team who have been on ground all day at different constituencies throughout the night as we give you the latest results and also analysis. Now, what we do know is that so far, voter turnout has so far exceeded the previous elections in 2018 with more than 14 million voters or some 65% of them casting their ballots as of 3 p.m. today. So for some reactions and observations of the voting process, we have on the line with us Thomas Fan, chairperson of Bursay. Good evening, Thomas. Thanks for joining us this uh, today. Now, what do you make of the voter turnout statistics so far? Are you encouraged by the numbers? What do you think is driving voter enthusiasm? Yeah, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the uh, number. So far, the official number that we have is uh, 65% as at uh, 3 p.m. So now we are three hours later. So quite likely we will surpass the 70% mark and maybe even hitting 75% mark. Now that that is a very encouraging number because if everyone were to turn out uh, in this election, uh, everyone in G14 will turn out. The, the, the rate would have been only 58%. So now, now we are talking about uh, quite a number of new voters mm. coming out to vote. And uh, whether we'll hit 80%, I'm doubtful myself. But nonetheless, if we can touch 75%, that is a very good number. And I think the, the reason is, uh, partly I think Undi Banjo in some way, it, will, it, was meant, it, will, it was meant to suppress vote. It has actually provoked many voters to come out and vote just as only Rabu did in GE14. I think people felt that, you know, they don't like to be suppressed. And so if you try to do that to me, I'm going to come out. So there seems to be a quiet determination uh, in this election. I think quiet is the the really the word that yeah. uh, that stands out in this election. And as you say, right, 7 to 8% additional uh, turnout coming through every hour. Perhaps we might decelerate. But I just want to get your perspective on the overall voting process today. In your assessment, has it been smooth? And if not, what were the problem cases that came up in your radio? Uh, I think overall, uh, to be fair, I think it has been quite smooth. Of course, our hotline here, our team here, uh, have been receiving calls throughout the day. Uh, on some of the issues faced by voters uh, where, you know, some voters were were asked to 
to uh, fill up uh, certain details that they were not expected to fill in. And uh, also issues of phone, uh, the new phone rules where people are not allowed to carry phones into the voting booth, they were not enforced in many places. So there were voters who said, why aren't they taking my phone? And they were quite upset that their phone was uh, not taken. But I think one of the biggest concerns that we had in this election was the SPR website, uh, MySema, where people are supposed to check for their polling station, their salorans and bilangang number, crashed since yesterday. And uh, I think that has inconvenient uh, quite a lot of people. It's one thing that you do not know your Saloran, but if you do not know your polling station, mm. which in this election, there are many new ones, that will be a problem for this voter to know which polling station and then which Saloran they are supposed to go, go to. So I think that uh, may have affected some voters. Okay, Thomas, we have been very lucky in the Klang Valley. Our weather has held up, but there are so, also photos on social media of people in Sarawak voting in flood waters uh, to the point where even Baram in Sarawak has suspended voting. Should this have been allowed by the EC? No, I, I mean, I saw the picture, I was shocked that uh, voters were queuing up in uh, flood waters of uh, one feet uh, deep and uh, trading to water to to vote. I think uh, that is endangering the lives of voters and voting should have been stopped immediately or not allowed to proceed because, you know, in these waters, in these rural places, uh, it's not the water that is dangerous. It, uh, it's the snakes and it may be even crocodiles, mm. they may, may surface and come to the voters. So eventually they were suspended and so Baram uh, constituency uh, election has been suspended as a result. So what does that then mean, Thomas? I mean, do, when will they go back to the polling booth? Will we know the result? What's the process here when votes are, voting is suspended? Yeah, so uh, apart from Baram, we know that Padang Sarai, where one of the candidates uh, passed away um, on the 16th after the early voting. So these two parliamentary constituency uh, their voting has been suspended. And it will, for Palang Sarai, it will resume on the 7th of December. For Baram, I'm not sure whether they have announced the date, but it will be resumed uh, at a later date. So I presume that those who have cast their ballots, uh, some of them, those ballots would be kept under lock and key together with the electoral roll. And then at another later date, when it's open, the rest of the voters can come and cast their ballot and so that yeah so this time we only get uh, 220 uh, known seats so the simple majority uh, will be uh, 111 uh, to win parliament so not 222 but 220 then essentially yeah, let's, shift, now. let's shift our attention from things we cannot control, like whether to the things we can control. Uh, if we go to the polling station, it was very clear that there will be no political activity allowed within 50 metres perimeter from the polling booth. Do you think the political parties here were playing fair? Were there any politicking taking place within the election uh, counting poll? You know, as long as we have been doing election observation, this has always been the constant issue. Uh, the Pondo Panas, which is the uh, the booth uh, set near to the polling station, uh, has always been uh, a source of uh, political activities. In the past, there was justification in the sense that 
you need to check your salary on the way into the polling station. But now with the uh, ability for us to know our salary and polling station in advance, there is little need for political party to set up both. And the, the EC has already set up their own checking station within the polling station. But still you see some political party even today mm. setting up this book. And these are the places where a lot of campaigning and even uh, money exchanging hand uh, after voting uh, take place. So these are the kind of offences that we are observing. Okay, because we saw photos uh, on social media where past president uh, Tan Sri Abdul Hadi Awang was seen voting while wearing a vest with his party's logo. Isn't this in clear contravention of the EC laws? I mean, what should have been done? And can anything be done after the polls as in to file in an election petition perhaps? Yes, uh, you know, it always, uh, I'm, I'm always uh, bewildered by how experienced politicians are not aware of this election rule. Are they the not aware or they think they can get away with it? I think you're right. I think they can get away with it. They are above the law. And here we have lawmakers or aspiring lawmakers who think they are above the law. Hmm. So I think this is such a clear-cut case that if the EC or the police does not investigate and the AG does not profit charges, it is a clear case of double standard. There's a rule for the politician as another rule for us. What should have happened is that the election worker should have stopped him at the gate and say, excuse me, Dato Sri, you're not allowed to wear this thing in. If he persists, then the police should arrest, arrest him. But uh, they welcome him to photo, to video. Uh, so you see above the law. I think that's the question. And so we have to... Uh, uh, the, I think the police have to investigate and the uh, EC need to charge uh, after the election. And that would, could mean if he is fined above 2000 or jail for one year, he will lose the seat if he wins that seat. And Thomas, just tell, telling you, we just got some numbers coming out now from the SPR. Uh, as of 4 p.m. today, 11.4, sorry, 14.82 million votes cast, 70% turnout so far as at 4 p.m., which is a record number. I guess the question in my mind is, with these record voters coming through, do you see these logistical issues of, man, of, of you know, managing these voter turnouts uh, being isolated cases in places like Karinchi, or do you think this is a broader logistics issue across the country in terms of managing this record number of voter turnout? Uh, it, it was always going to be a logistical issue and problem. Uh, once automatic voter registration and UNDI 18 was approved in Parliament in 2019, so the EC had actually time since 2019 to uh, prepare enough polling stations, suitable polling stations, to accommodate the increase in the number of voters. So what happened in Grinchy today, I find that it's quite inexcusable. Uh, in an urban area, you cannot find a proper uh, place to conduct election, but to have to hold it in the PPR, in the open air. Uh, I, I think that is uh, something that EC has to answer for. 
All right, thank you for your time. That was Thomas Fan, chairperson of Bursay, giving us a rundown on what happened today across the country, including the flooding situation that we see in Sarawak and the possibility of delays. Well, it's not a possibility. Mm-hmm. The outcome of two seats will have to be delayed, actually. So instead of 222, we are contending with 220 seats. But what we are seeing here is a record turnout, as we saw just now, just coming out 4 p.m., 70% voter turnout. Now, if you contrast it to G14, that was 75%. But take note, we had 30 to 40% more voters this yeah, time around. Yeah, very interesting because I think before this, there were a lot of conversations about the possibility of political you know, the apathy. apathy, and that has clearly not happened. I'll be curious to find out which segments of society rallied out, took, drove out, went out to queue and voted and wanted their voices to be heard because maybe this is the new dawn of Malaysia. Could be. Yeah, we shouldn't take our democratic rights for granted. Um, we're going to take a short break. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.